Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I want to welcome you to a very special episode. This is podcast number 60. I actually wanted to release this podcast sooner, but uh, I had actually worked ahead and pre-recorded a bunch of podcasts. So uh, I apologize for this taking as long as it has to get out there. But uh, today we have an exciting guest and... uh, it's exciting in multiple ways. First and foremost, uh, Lee Cockrell is somebody who actually came to Tulsa and shared with our group, actually spent uh, a lot of the day with our group uh, and imparting a lot of wisdom and knowledge uh, to uh, not just young businessmen, but a lot of business leaders in Tulsa. So we are really honored to have him there. It was a joint uh, effort with a couple of different organizations in the Tulsa area, and uh, we were just absolutely blown away. I unfortunately was not able to be at the event, and so uh, what I did is I had uh, Matt and Brian record the podcast with Lee because I did want to share some of the information that Lee has learned over time. Uh, he just, I think the the phrase he's forgotten more about leadership than I think any of us currently know about leadership is is very. Uh, appropriate for Lee. So I'm really excited uh, to share this. It's not a long podcast. We didn't have a lot of time with him. But uh, if you really tune in and listen to some of the things that they're talking about, about noticing uh, everybody on your team, and they all have some value that they can bring, and ultimately uh, realizing that servant leadership is is very important in leadership, and, and just uh, it carries through an organization all the way as large as Walt Disney, uh, uh, Walt Disney World and all the things that they do there. There's just so much uh, great information in this. So I'm really excited to to share it with you. If you guys aren't familiar with Lee, Lee Cockrell is the former executive vice president of operations for the Walt Disney World Resort. As a senior operating executive for 10 years, Lee led a team of 40,000 cast members and was responsible for the operations of 20 resort hotels, four theme parks, two water parks, a shopping and entertainment village, and the ESPN Sports and Recreation Complex, in addition to the ancillary operations which support the number one vacation destination in the world. That is a huge responsibility and as uh, a leader you're trying to lead 40,000 people. Uh, I would venture to say based on reading the books that I've heard from Lee and uh, just listening to uh, some of the content that he has here and uh, his podcast, he's just done a phenomenal job of learning, growing, implementing, teaching, on leadership, uh, by far probably one of the best people around today talking about leadership. So you guys are in for a real treat. I'm going to turn it over to to Matt and Brian. Um, they had the the distinct honor to to take some of Lee's time uh, and share it with you guys. So let's tune in and, and hear what they have to say. This is the Young Businessman of Tulsa podcast, and, and Lee, I appreciate you coming out and doing this event and and doing the workshop and. and 
having dinner with us tonight. Uh, some of the stuff that you had talked about, uh, I think really touched people um, because you are excellent at telling stories. <laughs> I know, I, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, it is. I, it. I even agree with that now. Okay. <laughs> I've, heard it, I've heard it from so many people <laughs> that I, uh, instead of being bashful, I say thank you. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, uh, of course, the listeners, you know, we've, we've got a lot of listeners, Matt. Yeah. I don't absolutely. know if you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got people listening like crazy. And, um, and hearing about your podcast today, Lee, we're going to share that. Um, we're getting all kinds of hits today. It's funny that your wife said that. You know, I started working social media this morning, and we're in the thousands of shares and, and, and all that going on today. So that's great. Um, we need to share about his podcast today, too. I want people downloading it. But they always get seriously my other partner with the podcast just like matt comes in so serious so i've got to tone it down a little bit we're breathing hard what a day it was a great event but what, what do you think matt i mean you were watching from afar too I... yeah I, I think you know people get asked all the time you know when's when's the next big event that you guys going to do i mean the luncheons are great you know we usually have a great crowd there but this is a really special deal where we bring in people like lee who we would classify as people that, you know, we untouchable. Have a, uh, untouchable. Well, untouchable, yeah. In the, in the sense that, like, you don't run into these people on a day-to-day basis and, and really sit down, learn, and grow. And so, um, but the one thing that Lee does an excellent job on is is connecting with people and making them feel noticed. And, and Lee, I want to bring this up because the story that you, you shared, I want you to share with our listeners about, um, you know, making people feel noticed, those invisible people that you talked about. Um, I think that goes a long ways within an organization and within leadership. Um, can you share just a little bit about that lady? Was it in a restaurant? Is that correct? It was in a kitchen in uh, the Netherlands outside of Amsterdam where I went to see where I was going to speak and went through the kitchen and there she was mopping the floor and I'm used to, you know, say, hello, how are you? And her boss didn't say anything to her and I was, I was curious why that he didn't. He didn't introduce me to her, and she wasn't that far away. And I walked down and said, "Hi, I'm Lee Cockrell." She said, "I know who you are. You're going to give a speech tomorrow. I've seen your picture posted around here." And I said, "Are you coming?" She said, "I wasn't invited." And I asked. I kind of looked at her boss, like, "You don't care if she comes to you?" And he said, "No." And frankly, she wasn't invited because he didn't think she was that important. And uh, then she came, and she sent me the most beautiful note about how our interaction made her feel ten times better. And she was noticed. Mm. Somebody was nice to her. And somebody, uh, and she was a very bright lady. She wrote well. She spoke three languages. I was just, she probably had, maybe, I'm not sure. I think maybe her husband died. She had to go back in the workforce or something. But I remember her saying, I'm learning every day, which means she had a great attitude. Whatever the reason she was there, she was there, and I never learned why. But uh, I think that struck me that day is don't underestimate that every day you have a chance. Some person over there that's yeah. insecure and maybe didn't have a great life, and uh, you know, that you can make a difference in them. You can put a spark, sure, uh, by treating them respectfully and saying hello to them and seeing if you can help them out. And, and uh, well, at Disney World, you—I mean—is it one? Is it a? Um, are they intentional with uh, detail in the sense that you know the small things matter? And, and they and they add up. And is that, you know, your experience with that lady, you know, probably translated everything that you, you learned and you implemented at Disney in noticing the details, the small things, acknowledging people. Um, when it comes to your experience, uh, do you feel like 
the, the details, are they important? Well, I think that we think everything's important if you want to be classified as one of the great ones. You know, if you want to let some things go, you can be kind of an average company or an or okay company than that Disney. We just, we have such a high expectation from our guests that what is going to be great and magical, that uh, they're bringing their children for the first time, and they're, tr they're remembering how it was when they came the first time as a child, and then the grandparents are coming along. So we have a lot of pressure to really pull it off and to do it right. And so we think that all details matter. And... Uh, Everything matters, and so we're we're not going to start to have an attitude. Well, you can let that go, and the bathrooms really don't need to be that clean. We can start checking them every 30 minutes instead of every 15, or we can save a little money if we don't clean the park every night and hose it down. And you know, we can, let's don't shoot the fireworks when it's not that busy because you know who's going to notice? Well, they do. Sure. And so you got to be committed to whatever you are. You got to be committed to what you're going to do, who you are, what your expectations are. And that becomes part of the culture. Well, Everybody you, knows that. You were saying earlier, Matt, you know, and, and Lee kind of laughed, but he um, he's humble in the way that being <laughs> untouchable, right? But, you know, to, to a lot of people, Lee, you would be untouchable. And, Matt, what I think is cool is in that room over there, there was a number of people in that room that would be considered untouchable to that new entrepreneur, to that new business person, the people that are coming to the YBT, um, the people that are hitting us up for mentorship. And so what I thought was cool in that room is you bring 30 to 50 of those people in here. I mean, we're talking about one of the owners of Keller Williams. Uh, we're talking about one of the owners or the owner of Yale Cleaners. Uh, or Gateway know, Mortgage. I mean, Gateway like, Mortgage. Like half a billion dollar company. Th these are big companies. I mean, you know, I mentioned Yale Cleaners only because one, John's in my peripheral vision. And number two, that company is like the quick trip of dry cleaning. And so these people are considered untouchable. They may not even know it. And you bring them in the room and you bring their guests. And, and I see, you know what, that was, not to pun on our name, but that was kind of magical for me too because when I have people come up to me and say, you know, I just didn't feel like I could contact you, that never gets old. Because I'm like, really, me? Right. I'm the most kid, <laughs> I'm the biggest kid in that room. I'm the one messing up and messing around and breaking stuff. So. Tell me, Lee, you know, and, and you travel a lot, you speak to a lot. What did you feel from our group today? You know, as a speaker, I know when I get up, I can feel the group. I can kind of feel, what is this event going to be like? And, and is this, are they going to get my best stuff today because I'm comfortable? Oh, no question. Or am I hitting the notes only? How, well, how did you feel today? I know when I'm really on, and because it's the audience turns you on, and I can always tell how quiet they get, and I can see what they're focused and they're making notes and writing I can tell pretty quick sure uh, they really care and they want it and I can say it and uh, well they were excited today we had people coming in that weren't even yeah. invited so yeah. the people were ready <laughs> no and I think uh, yeah it, that it, that gets me more doing a better job when I when the when the guests love it you even do better and uh, so and I like it because I've learned over the last few years that you really it's a lot of satisfaction when people come up and tell you, hey, man, that changed the way I'm thinking about things. I'm going to go home and tell my wife I love her. I'm going to yeah. go home and spend more time with my kids, and I'm going to do this. Those are the things that you can change people's lives if, well, change if the they routine. connect. Ask him, oh. Matt, ask him about leadership. Sure. You know, you're, you work within and the ownership of a very large organization, and 
last night Lee was uh, kind enough to sign some books for us, and you know Legends, sure. you know, he, Legends in there, when he's doing an interview, you know, he's trying to get a job last <laughs> night, that's the way he Legend works. Um, what kid doesn't want to work at Disney? You know, <laughs> and so he, he's telling me all the way up, I'm like, hey, we're going to meet Mr. Lee and signs of books, don't turn anything over in his room, okay? <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 I want to ask him about some roller coaster ideas I have, can yeah, I do that? Of. And I'm like, well... <laughs> Let's see. Let's see where we're at. We'll, we'll figure it out. But he didn't. He just went on right in. But the point is, is Lee gave him a pen last night, and and he wore the pen all night, and then he put it before he went to bed on his necklace. You know, how kids are. They? I mean, they treasure these things, and, and he treasured the pen. It said leadership on it. So we talked a lot about leadership, and I teach legend, and we talk about it every day. Leaders help, love, and protect. From the standpoint of how I live, you know, that's not the only thing a leader does. But if you can do those three things, you can be a, a good husband. That's faithful. You can be a good dad. You can have relationships that work and run a good business. Sure. So I'm sure I'm missing a few there, but if he if I can get him to do those three, <laughs> I'm going to grow a pretty good kid, right? Absolutely. Ask him from your standpoint, Matt, because if we were to compare people and organizations and where Lee's been with Disney and then where you operate and have grown up, sure. those are similar. Your organization is humongous. Sure. I don't know a better word for that, but it's very large. I'd like to hear your question yeah. on leadership. Um, you know, I think the one thing that I've learned the most about leadership is you're not just a boss, but you are a servant. And servant leadership is very powerful. Um, but implementing servant leadership um, on a massive scale and implementing that into your culture, um, I guess my question for you, Lee, is with the organization that you were helping to steer, um, did you guys focus a lot on servant leadership and how did you see that, how did you see that uh, translated at every single level? within the organization. Well, we went through in the early 90s, uh, mid-92, 91, 92, we saw competition starting to gear up because the internet had arrived. So now we didn't control commercials. I mean, anybody could go on the internet and find a little hotel to go to in the Caribbean or competition. We, As we said, we heard the footsteps of competition coming and we, we met a few of us and we talked about what do we need to do to make sure that we are uh, getting changed to be the kind of company we ought to be and not just what we've always been. And, we, we came to the conclusion it was we needed better leadership. Those days were over of not listening to everybody's opinion, not making everybody feel part of the company. And We went through a tough time. It took about a year. We worked on it. We put everybody through training. We clarified the expectations for leadership about you got to get things done, but you got to get them done the right way. Uh, you're not going to push people around. You're not going to intimidate people. And we had a lot of old timers who liked that. We lost about 50 executives over three years that left because they couldn't adjust. And it took us about three years to implement it. So every time we hired a new manager, we did a better job of making sure they could be a manager and a good leader and treat people right and treat people respectfully. And over time, every time we had an opening, we got better. And then every time we hired an executive, we got real careful because they're going to set the pace. And I mean, we'd have a VP job open. We'd interview, maybe it'd take six, seven months to fill it because we were going to make sure we got the right person in that job and that they were going to be a person that was going to be around a lot, and they have a huge influence. They got they run these big organizations, and they're, everybody's watching them. So we, uh, I would say we started doing a survey of how the employees felt at Disney about uh, their leadership, and it was on a five-point scale in the beginning. We got it like a 3.4 the first time. It's not mm. very good. It's kind of average, middle of the road. Next year we got a 3.7, then a 3.9, then a, we finally went to 4.3, which is off the charts for that kind of thing. 
And, and we learned still that even though we had world-class results, we still had about 15% of our managers that Cost didn't trust. When, two big questions. Do you trust your leader and would you work for your leader again if you had the choice? Those were pretty tough. A lot of people got bad ratings on that. And it wasn't because the managers don't want to do it. They, a lot of it was disorganization. They didn't, couldn't keep up. They were stuck, stayed in the office. It weren't that they were bad people, but they sent the message to the employees that I'm not around, I don't have time for you. Uh, and that's the employees translate that differently. You think you're just in your office doing good work, and they're thinking, hey, he doesn't care about us, and he never comes around. We don't get help. And uh, I think that's what we had to learn. So we put through people a lot of training, and uh, over time, it's become a very powerful, we are there to make sure the cast has everything they need to do their job. That's why we're there. We're not there to intimidate people, push people around, and go get me a coffee. Sure, <laughs> sure. So, so we, we went through a big change, and it was timely. So when you say uh, a big change in, in not just being in the office and getting great stuff done and then having people from the outside going, well, he doesn't care about me, was one of the ways to address that to be very intentional with getting to know those cast members? Oh, absolutely. And, because, I, you know, yeah. some of the conversations that we've had and this ongoing theme that I, I keep seeing with some of these bigger organizations that are just knocking out of the park uh, is exactly what you're referring to is, you know, we were talking to Michael Cardone, uh, Cardone Industries. It's one of the largest auto uh, refab companies in, in the United States uh, for the automotive parts. He mentioned that, you know, they were so intentional with getting to know their people, building those relationships, having, you know, different things like chaplains and, and medical services and, and things that added value as well. But when 9-11 hit, the instead of everybody going home and staying home and watching the television, the one place people wanted to be was at work because they felt safe, they felt you know appreciated, they felt like you know their leadership was doing a lot of the same things you were talking about. We had the same plan on 9-11. Uh, we evacuated the parks by 11.30 that morning after the first plane had hit at 8.45 or 8.46. And uh, we got everybody back safely in their hotels and we had a whole system in place. We practiced for crisis two or three times a year with a company that puts us through it at 3 in the morning when it, unexpectedly. Our cast members did a fabulous job. It was incredible. When we have a hurricane, 5,000, 6,000 of them will volunteer to stay in the hotels to clean up so we can get wow. reopened the next morning. And that's all culture. I mean, they do it because they want to. The only thing they said, I'm not coming unless you let me bring my dog. <laughs> and so we said, yeah. absolutely, bring your dog. <laughs> Nobody's leaving their dog at home. They might leave their husband at home, but they're not leaving yeah. their dog. <laughs> and so, so we had that kind of culture where people do it because they want to. They feel proud. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. That's that's a neat experience. And I, you guys have heard of Undercover Boss, right? Yeah, yeah sure. The TV show. So yeah. thinking along this line, did you ever, within the parks, within the hotels, the resort, ever... And it would be hard being you probably, maybe people would recognize you, but how did you guys operate with the secret shopper? Or did you ever dress up as Mickey and walk around and say, what does this feel like today? Well, I did Tigger, but I will say, <laughs> Close. Uh, I went to the parks every week with my shorts and hat on and my grandkids. People don't see you. Mm -hmm. If you have a coat and tie on, they see you in 10 seconds. If you put a cap on, have two kids, they, nobody see. I told the managers once, I said, you better be careful about what you say about me. I might be standing right next to you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and uh, No, I learned every week. My grandkids told me the meals were food, kids' food was terrible, and this was bad, and we, why we don't have that, and the water fountain, the water was warm, it wasn't cold, and the bathrooms were dirty, and so I went, I frequently tested our 
when I went to a meeting at a hotel, I went early so I could walk in, see how things, bathroom for they didn't know I was coming, buy a Coke from some lady who's never heard of me, see how the experience was. So no, we, that was pretty much, I scheduled that in my planner every month to be three hours in the Magic Kingdom for, to, there, there, to see, get reality. Because if you set up in your office and look out the window, you think everything's fine, it's not. No. Well, you guys are off the charts with that, and that's not news to you, but then I shared with you last night with, when you and Legend and I were up there talking, we're, we're Disney people. We, we like to go. We're not as frequent as some, but we're every year people. And uh, even the water, the plugs on in the cement, you know, where you guys can go down in the end of the cement and test all the water, the big can, whatever those are called. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. the manholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even those have Mickey Mouse ears on them. <laughs> <laughs> so... It, it's nuts the attention to detail it that is. you guys pay on where you're at. I mean, when you're at Disney, you are in the city of Disney. Yeah, there is nothing else going matters. on. And and I thought that was incredible because even my son notices that now when he's seeing these things that were Disney years, Disney years, Disney years, Disney years, and it's like, well, dude, they they're marketing geniuses, and this is what we're trying to do with our business, Matt. This is what mm. we're trying to teach people to do is we want them to see our colors everywhere. Yeah. Um, and we're almost done here, Lee. We won't take up your whole day. We got a dinner coming up. I've got one more. Yeah, sure. You're all right. How in the world do you managing this deal with the sheer number of staff? I mean, I heard you say in your speech with the anonymous voicemail, which is very cool. But well, how many how many did you come into? I mean, you talking about four? You talking about thirty? How, how did you come in at a? And I like to get up early too and get going. But you start your day at seven o'clock at the office or something how are you managing all these things and people do you just focus on this thing today or yeah. are you doing 20 i don't focus so much on that as making sure that i've given that responsibility to other people and break okay. it up into little parts and so uh, i didn't have a lot of problems coming from engineering because they could talk to their boss and retail people could talk to their boss because we have that kind of relationship with the cast members they feel comfortable giving that kind of feedback which they didn't way back People didn't really want to hear your opinion in the old days. It was just do your job, keep your mouth shut, and go on. So I, I never had that kind of. I'd go to, you know, have to go to a big meetings. So I'd have, I'd meet with each one of my reports once every week or two, and just talk about, you know, how things are going. What people are you having problems with? Are you dealing with them? What kind of profit issues, to cost issues, do you have? What process issues are we working on? What projects are we going to be on time? Is that on budget? Anything I need to know? Just those four questions, kind of for about the yeah. people and that was it and they we had a pretty clear they kept me informed uh, uh, where it's pretty loose at Disney you can talk to anybody you want you know if there was a customer complaint I might call the waiter in the restaurant and talk to him so I want the real truth I don't want to hear filtered 12 times the time it gets back to me so uh, a lot of managers didn't like that in the old days well Lee called directly mm. why didn't he call you know so. the whole so we, hierarchy. pretty uh, informal and we just want to get to the point and do it quick and get it taken care of and uh, then there were times after 9-11 it was brutal I worked seven days a week for three months trying to figure mm. out how to do that we didn't lay anybody off we kept everybody we figured out how to get the 400 million dollars out of the cost base closing things adjusting hours uh, everybody taking vacation we didn't lay one person off. And wow. Hmm. We would have had to lay 5000 off to get that savings. And they, my boss said, we're not going to do that. They won't have health care. They won't. No way. And by Christmas, the business came roaring back. And uh, we would have been in. And you would have been short. The cast members will never forget that. Hmm. Yeah. You would have been short people. So just out of curiosity, uh, th this, was, this came to my mind. 
Uh, I am fascinated with people who have dreams and when they execute those <laughs> dreams and those dreams not only come to life but they live on when they're gone at when you were working with Walt Disney World you know did did you see elements uh, or very strong uh, things that that strung through the whole operation or the whole I don't I don't know how to technically articulate it other than Walt Disney had a dream and it's living beyond him. It's still it's still living, and if if it you know is not just as good as it is, it's it's probably even better than what it was. Absolutely. So, how, what do you contribute to that? And and did you see a lot of Walt's legacy um, personally? Yeah, I would say once or twice a week you'd hear when you're in a meeting, what kind of decision would Walt make? What would Walt mm. do? <laughs> and yeah. uh, staying true to the theming, the attention to detail. Uh, somebody asked Walt one time, they said, uh, a little girl asked Walt, he said, Mr. Disney, do you still draw Mickey Mouse? And he said, no, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> do, do you do Do you put any music, do anything with the cartoon? No, I don't do that anymore. She said, well, Mr. Disney, what do you do? And he said, I'm just like a little bee. I just buzz around the whole organization looking for good ideas, thanking people for the good job they're doing. I'm the, he said, I'm the pollen and the pollinator. I find a good idea, I take it over to this department, I take there, I go around, I make sure people feel appreciated in the company, and uh, and I think all of us have, we can do that wow. and do our jobs, but are we spreading the the good stuff? Yeah. Mm -hmm. As we go through departments and making sure Mary hears that she's doing a great job, and we learned a new way over here to do the cash control, and we brought it here, and they implemented it. I'll never forget him. I'm a little bee. I just buzz around from place to place, taking the pollen and putting it in a new place. And uh, I think more of us could do that than we get so focused on business strategy these days, we forget about the people. Yeah. We forget about the employees. They're the ones who make it happen, really. Mm -hmm. One day your people don't come to work, you're going to have a long day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no matter your capacity, Matt, you've, we, we all have different capacities. But if you're putting that one first, you're making that a priority and you're taking care of your people, they're going to take care of your customers. We've all heard that. A lot of people I meet, though, they want to tell me, well, I just don't have time to this or I don't have time to that. And I'm wondering, well, what are the things you're doing that don't matter? Because even if you're a low capacity exactly. person, if you're low capacity, you're missing still the, do the important ones. Maybe your capacity gets better because your people like you more. They will take more from you. Yeah. So you're able to delegate more. So, well. This has been time. great. Well, they have time. Do you have something else? Just Matt? one last thing. Sure. And, and that is because our audience is young businessmen of Tulsa, our typical our typical listener or demographic is 18 to 45. Yeah. And uh, I guess Lee, I want to ask you if you could just talk to that generation right there or that um, age group. What's the one thing that you could tell that young entrepreneur or that young executive? Um, because I think, you know, millennials are, they, they typically get, you know, a reputation. So They do. But I, even millennials, I've told people to quit talking about that. I said, we need to focus on the individual. There's good millennials. There's good uh, baby boomers. There's people my uh, generation that are not good. There's people that are good. And by the way, we need them. We have to learn to work with them differently. They want to have value. They want to do things. They want to be appreciated. And they'll do a great job. We got many millennials at Disney, and they're doing a fabulous job. And we're clear with them about our expectations. But I would say to the young people today, don't underestimate what you can achieve. Get a good education. You can go out there, uh, be great, 
don't underestimate it. A lot of people put themselves down because of the circumstances they come out of, and they think, well, I can't do that. My family's been this way. You know, I didn't get a college degree, or I, whatever. Just don't underestimate. Uh, I would say I didn't really realize I could make a difference until I've been working maybe 10 or 15 years. I mean, I just didn't get it. Sure. And when you do a great job and you have a great attitude, things seem to work out, <laughs> seem to turn out. That's good. That's good. Well, I'll shut us down here. Uh, Lee, thanks for coming today. Sure. We want to tell everyone um, ways to connect with us. You know, the YB. Lee. Yeah, we'll, we'll do Lee last. I want him sure. to hear them last. Um, YBT is going to be where we do the second Monday of every month. Yep. Matt, yeah. right, yeah. at 1130? Uh, 1130 yeah. down at Tiamo's, 60 Tiamo's. Uh, First and Sheridan. Okay. 150 young entrepreneurs get together, great speaker. Great. Well, and that thing's growing. Oh, yeah. You know, we're growing. Um, that used to be 12. 50, yeah. 75, 125, yeah. Yeah. and it was like today, Lee, I'm not kidding, we'd be sitting there and we're like, where are they going to sit? Yeah. We don't have tables. So, growing organization. Um, I've always got to share this stuff too. If if you love your money, you've always got to remember to call BrianSmith.com. Absolutely. You've got to do that. Okay? <laughs> I already did it. You, you know, call <laughs> BrianSmith.com, okay? Also, if you're looking for cool things, trinkets, your name on things, I'm ordering things right now, you've got to call Trost Marketing. There you go. Okay, Evan's not here today, but you got to get a hold of Trost. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, we need you to go to LeeCockrell.com. That's L-E-E-C-O-C-K-E-R-E-L-L.com. I think we have access to books there. We got access to the podcast, right? Can they find it there? It's right there. Okay. And these well, web links will be in the, the show notes as well. They will be in the show notes. And all the archives are there. They go back. If they wanted to go to iTunes, what would they search for? It's called Creating Disney Magic. Creating that's, Disney that's Magic. It's a podcast. Okay. It's right there. And it's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher Radio. It's on iHeartRadio. It's wherever they like to get their downloads. Okay. Well, for Lee Cockrell, Matt Moore, Evan Uitake, who's not here today, and Brian Smith, we're going to close it down after a great day, and we invite you to get with us next month as well. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, guys. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.